Welcome back to Podcast 67 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. Please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to benefit from the Ozbreakers and support us, Please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. Crazy weekend of football, my friends. I'm actually still on vacation leaving today, so I'm recording this early, meaning no D-nasty for fantasy. But I got you covered for today. I was lucky enough to watch as much football as possible. Uh, at the beach, I had my uh, tablets and uh, was able to do it both days, mostly the red zone for NFL, but uh, it was fun. And uh, it's going to be nice to get home to get back to my normal routine. But this was an amazing vacation we just had over in Playa del Carmen here. <clears throat> but either way, we have some stuff to recap, and it's important that we go over the main part of this podcast immediately. So don't have a ton of time. That's why we're going to get right into it with the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, my friends, the good. Texas A&M playing well against Alabama. I had to say that was pretty good. It's nice to see Alabama challenged a little bit. Now, I know Bryce Young has been hurt and everything, but um, it's just nice to see close games, and A&M looked pretty bad last week against Mississippi State. So I think that's a, a very, very interesting uh, dynamic that they're able to cover such a large spread and actually have a shot at winning that game at the end. I thought that was good for football kind of keeping the big teams a little bit more at bay. I hate to see so much parity between the top three, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, separated with the rest. When you still have kind of Michigan, maybe Penn State, kind of hanging above the the next group, I guess. But still, there's a good seven, eight-point difference in my power ratings from the Georgias and Ohio States to the Michigans and Penn States anyway. But uh, it's just nice to see that. And also Tennessee. You know, what What a great team. Easy cover at LSU. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they did so well this week in a look-ahead spot uh, is absolutely amazing. I'm very uh, pumped for football this week because you're going to have some massive matchups coming up here. You have uh, Texas – or sorry, Tennessee is actually playing Alabama. And uh, I think that's really cool that that matchup is going to happen because now Tennessee has actually looked as a much stronger team, right? Much stronger than what they were. So they're actually number six in the country right now against number three, Alabama. Alabama is about a 7.5-point road 
chalk favorite here. And uh, it's just going to be so interesting to see where this line goes because Tennessee looks legit. And I had to upgrade them, uh, I, I, I suppose, significantly, you'd say, uh, in my power ratings. And I'm actually trying to find that right now so I can at least go over uh, some of that. I will give you my top 10 as soon as this segment is over. The bad teams not covering after massive leads in the NFL. This is frustrating because you know the line's short, yet they just kind of just go into prevent defense. It's just, you know, lazy mode, I would say, in the third, fourth quarter. Uh, teams like that are Tampa Bay. You know, they <laughs> had a big lead against Atlanta, and at the very end of the game, they run the clock out when they could have easily scored again. Uh, very frustrating there with the the yards yards being a massive difference as well. Then you have Minnesota against Chicago Bears. They're up, what, 21 to nothing? <laughs> 21 to 3. And then all of a sudden, the Bears are up 22 to 21. Uh, very crazy game. They at least pushed for me. Uh, went 6-3-1 and one in the NFL. Uh, college was bad. I, I have to look at what I did there, but uh, I'm happy that the Bears actually gave a little bit of fight as a fan, but geez, as a sports better, when you're laying seven points with Minnesota, you have good line value. It closes at seven and a half. You're a little frustrated, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, you expected a bigger blowout, but um, th that was one of the teams that kind of choked with a big lead and Philadelphia was up 14 and nothing against Tampa. I know it was uh closer at half. They're only up by four points, but they ended up winning this game only by three points. And uh, <laughs> I thought the Eagles were going to score and cover this spread and they didn't. So that was difficult for Eagles betters. Thank goodness. Las Vegas, Chris and I, uh, well, Chris especially gave out the play of Philadelphia first half. And that was smart because we took the three at the first half and we were able to cover that because Arizona couldn't score. It feels like a trend with Philadelphia that they just keep, you know, pushing the first half big, playing extremely hard. And then at the end of the day, uh, they completely screw up <laughs> in the second half. Right. Uh, that's what I kind of feel that Philadelphia is maybe fading them in the second half. You know, could be something that we do later on. So my next bad is the Rutgers offense. Jesus, guys, you let Nebraska beat you. You're winning that game. You had them, you had them up. You're up by double digits. I know that. And then just completely shit the bed the whole second half. That was absolutely crazy. Just, just brutal. I think that, uh, uh, Rutgers fired their offensive coordinator yesterday, so that was a smart move finally uh, on their behalf. But that offense has just been bad, but not quite as bad as some of the ugly here. The ugly was Iowa versus Illinois. This ended up 9-6. to six. I think this total was in the 30s, and it still was way under. You know, Not even sniffing a touchdown. Low yardage, all defense. Iowa is kind of... In a little bit of a get-up spot, Illinois was in a letdown spot after beating Wisconsin. So uh, Iowa did cover the three and a half. <laughs> it was an ugly way to cover, but uh, congrats to them. Uh, another ugly is Appalachian State losing 
to Texas State straight up, just getting their doors blown out the whole first half. They couldn't even have enough. They couldn't even come close to catching up in the second half. You got to give props to Texas State there, but they're just such a bad team and so low in my power ratings. This was one of the biggest, maybe the biggest upset of the weekend was Appalachian State losing to Texas State, 19 point spread there. Uh, very, very disappointing for App State fans and for maybe people that bet them. It looks to me that James Madison coming from FCS is the best team in the Sun Belt. I think that's absolutely insane. And then finally, the most ugly of the week was Thursday night football between the Broncos and the Colts. That was absolutely despicable. Um, horrible to watch. Amazon Prime is difficult as it is. You can't really rewind it well via DVR. There's no, it's just all electronic. So the thing just spins. I call it the spinning asshole. And, uh, it, it, it frustrates you and you can't change off the channel. So I demoted all Thursday games, even if I wasn't watching college football to a tablet on mute, you know, screw Amazon prime and look at this week, the Chicago bears versus the Washington commanders. The two worst teams in the league is uh, for Thursday night football. How despicable. The way I figure there's really not too much future with a sewn out front like you. All right, my friends, let's move into our college football week six misleading final score. Nevada outgained Colorado State 358 to 253, yet lost 17 to 14. They won the turnover battle as well, but just had a very bad field position, bad red zone efficiency. Kansas outgained TCU 540 to 452, yet lost 38 to 31. Equal turnovers, horrible tackling for Kansas really got them. Also, some just terrible calls. The officials just robbed them of a great catch that would have about tied the game for Kansas and completely just screwed them over. And uh, I was real, I was pretty disappointed in that. And um, I'm still happy for Kansas, but it looks to me like it's Texas and TCU that's going to be in the Big 12 title game. My 400 to 1 is just kind of creeping right there. But the truth is, let's face it, Oklahoma State is probably better than Kansas. Baylor's better than Kansas. Maybe Oklahoma. That's going to be a massive game coming this weekend. I'm real excited to see that. Texas Tech outgained. Oklahoma State 527 to 434, yet lost 41 to 31. A one to zero turnover ratio on bad special teams hurt them. Uh, Northern Illinois yards were mainly garbage, so not going to go over that one. Central Michigan outgained Ball State 340 to 250, yet lost 17 to 16. Equal turnovers and terrible red zone efficiency hurt the Chippewas. Miami outgained North Carolina 538 to 470, yet lost 27 to 24. Equal turnovers, but bad third and fourth down efficiency hurt Miami. The field position was also very bad. Washington outgained Arizona State 458 to 397, yet lost 45 to 38. Equal turnovers, but bad red zone efficiency hurt the Huskies. Appalachian State's yardage was straight garbage after falling way back to Texas State. So not even going to go for that one. <laughs> My ugly. FIU's. Yards were also garbage versus UConn, so not touching that. Uh, Kansas State outgained Iowa State 388 to 276, yet only won 10 to 9, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio, and bad third down efficiency hurt them. That was a tough one, too. I had Kansas State minus two, I believe. It closed that one, went against me. And uh, 
they could have scored at the end of that game too. Uh, USC only outgained Washington State 369 to 316, yet won 30 to 14. Terrible officiating in there. They robbed Washington State of a score. Uh, well, an easy first down anyway that would have led to a score, and they ended up getting zero that drive. And so that was a tough loss for me on the on Washington State. 30 to 14 just misses the cover by a few points. Very, very disappointing. And also five nasty sacks really hurt the Cougs as well. Bad third down efficiency. Florida State outgained NC State 387 to 307, yet lost 19 to 17 to 2 to 1 turnover ratio. Really hurt them. College football week eight already no week seven betting spots and as soon as this thing loads up uh i'm gonna go over this let down spots texas state at troy after beating app state outright's a letdown spot texas also could let down a little bit they had a massive victory against uh their rival oklahoma and the red river rivalry uh and now they're playing iowa state at iowa state so a little bit careful with that one Get up spots. Kentucky better get up versus Mississippi State after losing at home to South Carolina. I don't know if Levis is going to play this game. Definitely have to watch that the whole week. BYU and Arkansas both have to get up for each other, really. I mean, they had some really bad games last week. Uh, Arkansas getting destroyed by Mississippi State and BYU losing to Notre Dame. Washington will get up versus Zona next week, I think, after two L's in a row. It's a uh, you know, great coach over there with Kalen DeBoer. Uh, and not really many look-ahead spots because a lot of the teams that would be looking ahead already lost. So um, I I, uh, I, didn't, I couldn't find anything worth writing down. And there's also a lot of bye weeks in the college football uh, this week as well. All right, let's move on to NFL Week 5 misleading final scores. The Broncos outgained the Colts 375 to 306, yet lost 12 to 9. Equal turnovers and just an ugly, ugly game. All field goals right there. The Lions were only outgained 364 to 312, yet lost 29 to 0. <laughs> they had 312 yards and put up a freaking goose egg. 2 to 0 turnover ratio and horrible red zone got them. The Buccaneers outgained the Falcons 420 to 261, yet only won 21 to 15. No turnovers, just clunking out and taking big sacks hurt the Bucs. I mean, this was a big enough margin to win by about at least 10 points, I would say. And unfortunately, they didn't for anybody betting the Bucs. Teaser at least hit. Washington outgained the Titans 385 to 241, yet lost 21 to 17. Horrible red zone and turnover. Uh, one turnover uh, hurt them. The Jaguars outgained the Texans 422 to 248. Yet lost 13 to 6. It's Trevor Lawrence with these turnovers. 2 to 0 turnover ratio. Bad fourth down efficiency. Killed the Jags. Man, the Jags are better than what they've been showing. Um, they need to stop turning the ball over here. Because if you've listened to this podcast, you know that uh these turnover ratios are the most important thing when it comes to misleading final scores. The Rams outgained the Cowboys 323 to 239, yet lost 22 to 10, a three to zero turnover ratio killed the shams and my god do something on the plus side of the field matt stafford looks like he's still in la la land after winning that super bowl what a hangover 
NFL Week 7 betting spots. Giants in a letdown spot against the Ravens, hosting them after beating the Packers in London. Holy cow, Giants. 4-1. and one. Um, Packers just laid an egg. They, the Packers had them in the red zone and then just lost. Could have scored that touchdown, pass batted down and fourth down. It was third and two and fourth and two, and they didn't run the ball once to Dylan. I thought that was some stupid coaching as well for the Packers. Jets are in a letdown spot at Green Bay next week after beating Miami outright. So keep that in mind. Get up spots. Green Bay versus the Jets. I mean, Green Bay, after the suffering that loss, um, I think they're going to uh, really get up for this team and uh, possibly put one on them. And it's also a letdown spot for the Jets. Um, so keep that in mind. Miami in a big get-up spot here uh, uh, to the Vikings. Yeah, Miami uh, needs to show up. I, I mean, hope two is back because Teddy Bridgewater left immediately. The for That game got concussed himself. And so Skylar Thompson came in, reached for the Skylar. Um, look at spots. The 49ers could be looking past the Falcons to the Chiefs is really the only one I have. That's a weird spot for the Niners. I think they're staying on the East Coast. If they're not, I think they're stupid. But, uh, man, it's a really interesting spot for this game. All right. Now I'm going to give you a free play for college football week seven. And what we're looking at here is Illinois or NC State. They're in a massive game right here, and they are dogs at Syracuse. Now I know Syracuse has had the bye. And uh, you know, they're having a fantastic year themselves. You got to be proud if you're a Syracuse Orange fan. Um, just amazing showings so far, but what are they doing laying five points to NC state? Here's who Syracuse has beaten. All right. It's Wagner, uh, Louisville, who has proven to be very Jekyll and Hyde Yukon. They did win against Purdue, but they are outgained and there's some shenanigans at the end of that game. It was at home, too. They beat a terrible Virginia team by two points. And when I say terrible, I mean terrible. Then they have a bye week. Now they face a real team in NC State. Now they have a lot of home games in a row, but NC State is definitely in a big get-up spot themselves. I think that, uh, you know, NC State is the much better team. The NC State has had a much harder schedule if you've seen who they played. And that's uh, that's a good thing to look at here when you're handicapping games to strength the schedule. They had that tough game against a scrappy East Carolina, then bad Charleston Southern, but they played a formidable Texas Tech team, beat them by 13 points, destroyed UConn themselves, then they played Clemson, lost 30-20 to 20 at Clemson, then they just beat Florida State. Big win for them, but they have to finish up here at Syracuse. Five points is way too much for this difference in schedule and seeing what Syracuse and NC State has done. Devin Leary is a very good quarterback. Take the five points for two stars. All right, my friends. Now I'm going to get into 
a little fantasy football to close this podcast out before I hop on my plane. Wet fantasy football week six. There's going to be some bye weeks here. Lions, Texans, Raiders, and Titans are all on buys. The NFL bye weeks are finally here, so you have less games to choose from. Key injuries. Running back, James Conner, left the game with a rib injury. Running back, Darrell Williams, left the game with a knee injury. So, two guys from the Cardinals there. Titan and Dalton Schultz, again, left the game with an injury. He's been banged up all year for the Cowboys. Wide receiver Christian Watson left the game with a hammy for the Packers. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, like I said, left the game with a concussion and an elbow injury early. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill left the game late with a foot injury. You hope he's okay, but you don't know. Um, They might have just took him out because they're losing by a lot. Running back Damian Harris left the game with a hammy. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar left the game with a hammy. Tight end Fret Pet Fryermuth left the Steelers game with a concussion and the worst injury, running back Rashad Penny left the game with a very bad ankle injury. It looks like he might miss the rest of the season. We'll see. Waiver wire. Tight, uh, tight end Taysom Hill had a monster game, and he's also slash quarterback in some leagues, but um, versus Seahawks, he's just seen a lot more TDs so far, and uh, I think that sucks for <laughs> Kelvin Kamara owners and other owners, but it is what it is. Um. The big one, obviously, is Eno Benjamin and uh, Kenneth Walker. Eno Benjamin for the Cardinals, uh, for the two Cardinals running back injuries, he's going to be the bell cow. And running back Kenneth Walker for the Kirk Penny injury is massive. You know, I think he's going to get most of the carries. And second will be running back DJ Dallas. He's going to get more time for Seattle, too, for the Kirk Penny injury. Um, Or, sorry, Rashad Penny injury. Uh, Dynamy Brown for the Redskins. Well, sorry, the Commanders had a huge game last week, even with his terrible quarterback. Wide receiver Randall Cobb is Rogers' favorite receiver right now, so I would pick him up. Wide receiver Alec Pierce is now the number two guy in Indianapolis. It is not Paris Campbell. Bye-bye, Paris Campbell. Uh, wide receiver Jacoby Myers was huge for the Patriots last week, so he's going to be probably the main guy for New England now that he's healthy. Uh, Quarterback Skylar Thompson's very speculative for deep quarterback leagues. And uh, we'll see if Tua comes back this week or even Teddy. Uh, tight end Zach Gentry may play more now after the Pat Fryermuth injury. So he's expected to pick up as well. Non-stars trending up for week six. Running back Khalil Herbert for the Bears hosting the Commanders is one. Running back Eno Benjamin versus the Seahawks will be huge. Running back Ramondre Stevenson will be huge versus Cleveland. Quarterback Daniel Jones versus Baltimore's bad pass defense is interesting, but they are in a letdown spot, so not 100% sold on that. We also don't know who he's throwing to. A lot of injuries on their receiver core. Wide receiver Alec Pierce will have a game versus the Jaguars. Wide receiver Julio Jones uh, versus the Steelers will have a huge game. Wide receiver um, Brandon Ayuk. Versus Atlanta will be huge. Atlanta has a bad pass, Dean. I think uh, D was a bit banged up. He played the rest of the game, but it's going to be interesting to monitor his status, too. Bus, any running back for Atlanta? <laughs> I don't know if it's Patterson or 
or Al Gear or whatever how you say his name. I think that any running back for Atlanta is not a good look versus the Niners. Running back uh, Devin Singletary versus the Chiefs is a tough start. Their run D has improved. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson versus the Packers will be a rough one for the Jets. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster will be rough versus the Bills. Running back Ezekiel Elliott versus the Eagles. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one, too. If the Eagles jump them, they're going to be in comeback mode, which uh, they don't really seem to have a comeback mode. <laughs> um, the Eagle, the good thing about the Eagles, or sorry, the, the Cowboys, is that when they have a lead, they do really well with the running backs. They kind of pound the ball, drain the clock, like you saw last week versus the Rams. But when they don't have a lead, they're throwing the ball. Don't trust Cooper Rush a ton. Wide receiver A.J. Brown versus Dallas might have a difficult week, though, himself. I had to mention that just because Dallas's pass defense has been good at least. Nasty sleeper of the week. I'm going with running back Eno Benjamin versus the Seahawks. The Seahawks have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. I think it is the worst. So we have to go with Eno Benjamin, being that James Conner is so banged up. Probably a miss a week or so. And uh, Damian Harris. You know, I also wouldn't mind going with Kenneth Walker as well. It's just that, you know, yeah, I think both running backs really this week is going to have monster games. But I'll pick Eno Benjamin being the Cardinals are supposedly the better team. Also want to give a shout out to Kevin. Uh, I, I was wrong about Geno Smith. I tweeted out that he's not an NFL quarterback. He's an NFL quarterback. He's really surprised me this year. You know, the funny thing about Seattle is their defense sucks, but they're scoring a ton of points on offense. And you almost think maybe Russell Wilson was the problem over there. You know, look how good Russell Wilson is playing for Denver. I know this is a very hot take, but um, Pete Carroll's got this Seattle team very motivated right now. So I'm very curious to see how this all ends up. You know, it's... uh. I'm impressed. I was wrong about Gino. He is an NFL quarterback. Am I saying he's a real starting quarterback? I have to see a little bit more yet, but I was wrong. Just want to give a shout out to Kevin uh, for uh, challenging me when I said that. I can definitely admit uh, when I was wrong. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this impromptu quick podcast that I was able to put out before we head to the airport. If you have any questions or any games you want to break down for Thursday's morning's podcast, feel free to email us at the Oddsbreakers, info at the Oddsbreakers.com or tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Have a great rest of your week and go get some. Fun.